0: Take your Bibles, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1 this morning. We've been talking about the anointing that you have. Last week you found out that you have an anointing on the inside of you when you got born again. The Spirit of God came on the inside of you, and He is the power of God, the ability of God. Everything that you need came to you in that anointing. It's already on the inside of you. Say, I have have an anointing. anointing. How many of you believe that this morning? This morning now, I want to show you how to work with that anointing you have. How many know you can have it and never work with Him? So I want to show you how to work with that anointing that you have to get results in your life. Now, we're not talking about other people's lives this morning, healing, casting out devils. I want to talk about you on a personal basis because how many know if you're living in victory, you are a lot better attraction to other people than if you're broke down in the dumps, can't do anything, and everybody's saying, I want to be like you. So we want to put the anointing in our own lives to work. And by doing that, we'll see results in our own lives. So 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Look at verse 18. It says, But as God is true, our word towards you was not yea and nay. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me, Silvanus and Timothy, was not yea and nay, but in him it was yea. For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him they are Amen. amen unto the glory of God by us. Now, he which establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who has also sealed us and given us the earnesty of the Spirit in our hearts. Here it says, all the promises of God are what? Yes Yes and amen. Say yes and amen. Every word that you read in the Bible and every word that you should get from someone who's giving you the word of God should be a clear-cut yes and amen word. In other words, God does not mix things. He doesn't mix things. He doesn't give you a yay and then a nay. He doesn't tell you something, then reverse it. Whatever God says, God means. And God already in the Bible has already said, you're anointed. So how many know that's yes and amen? Hallelujah. How many know He said you're healed in your body? How many know that's yes and amen? Hallelujah. He said you have power and victory. How many know that's yes and amen? Peace and joy. Yes and amen. Because all the promises of God are? yes and amen. Now look at verse 21. What he wants to do in your life is establish you in that yes and amen word. In other words, he wants you to stop being double-minded, stop being up one day down the next, stop judging everything by the natural to where it looks good one day and don't look so good the next day. I feel good one day. I don't feel so good the next day. Oh, my bills are paid today, but my bills aren't paid tomorrow because God doesn't talk that way. He talks straight out And his word is always a yes and amen word. So as he establishes you in the word, and you get established to where every word and every promise of God for you is yes and amen, it allows the power and ability of God in you to go to work. That's what releases the power of God and the anointing on the inside of you. If you remember when you got born again and got saved, basically somebody had you confess a prayer that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, which that's what God provided for you. And when you made that confession and said, I am now saved, when you said that and agreed with God all at once on the inside of you, it went pow, say pow. And you were instantly born again at that time, changed from the old creation into the new creation. What did you do? You simply came into the yes and amen of that promise. Now, once I got born again, I was going to a Catholic charismatic prayer meeting, and at that time, they were having a baptism of the Holy Ghost, they called it. They had like six weeks where they taught you about the Holy Ghost, and they said they were going to lay hands on you, and you were going to get touched by the Spirit, and you were going to start speaking in tongues. Well, I didn't know no difference, so I just believed what they said. So I went to each class and I heard about God loves me and I heard about God cares and I heard about the Holy Ghost is good and I heard about the Holy Ghost speaking tongues and I heard about all these things and last week they came up and said, when we lay hands on you, you're gonna get baptized in the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues. I said, praise God, yes I am. I didn't know no different. I didn't know it didn't work. Nobody ever gave me the mixture word See, they just gave me the yes and amen word. So, man, when they laid hands on me, it was no problem. I got knocked down. The Holy Ghost was all over me. I came up speaking in all different kind of language I never heard before. I wondered who was doing it. I looked, and it was me. And praise God, what happened? There was a yes and amen there that was accompanied by the Spirit of God, and it just blew it up. And it works this way in finances. It works this way in every single thing in your life. When I found out that God meets my needs according to his riches and glory, it doesn't say he's going to try to do it. It doesn't say he sure hopes he gets an opportunity to do it. No, it says, my God shall supply all thy need according to his riches in. And when I came into agreement with that, it allowed the anointing of God on the inside of me to start bringing those finances to me in different ways. Say different ways. Let me just say this. Don't tell the anointing how to do things. Let it do it the way it wants. Well, every now and then, supernatural. Maybe I was in a grocery store and somebody paid my bill. See? But there's other times God would show me ways that I was doing money wrong and how to straighten out that money issue so I had more money to pay that bill because I was being stupid with the money I had for that bill and spending it someplace where I shouldn't have spent it. Are you following me? But I had to get in line, first of all, with the Word of God in order for that anointing to go to work on the inside of me. It works in forgiveness. The Bible says we need to forgive. When you forgive, basically, it cleanses you, cleanses the other person and allows, and how many know that God forgives every time? He never gave you a word that says, you confess, and if it's not too big, I'm going to forgive you. But if it's a number two or number three, forget it, brother. You are in trouble. See, God doesn't do that. Man does that. Yeah, right. Preachers do that. Yeah. But God doesn't do that. He gives you a cut. Yes, he, he said, if you confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Clear cut. That's it. So what do I do? I just confess my sins. And what happens? He takes care of it. The Bible says He forgives all your iniquities, and He also heals all your... How many? See, now, he never said, I'm going to do the big ones or the little ones or the side ones or the ones you had forever or the ones your grandma had or the ones your brother had. He said, I'm going to heal all your diseases. So when I get in line with that, even though my body's screaming at me and saying, this ain't working, this ain't working, I don't feel good, you're going to die. Even though that's going on, when I get in line with that clear-cut word, the anointing on the inside of me goes to work to bring that to pass in my life. So as I bring that pass in my life, I'm healed. Well, you don't look too good, but I'm healed. You don't smell too good, but I'm healed, praise God. What am I doing? I'm going to stay on that clear-cut word of God, and when I do that, what happens? The anointing of God, which is the power of God on the inside, can go to work then. As long as you disagree or have a mixture of the word or you're up or down or you don't really know the, the, which way, somebody said you vacillate, vacillate between the word. You know, depending on what it looks like on the outside. But once you get in line with that Word of God, you've now released that anointing on the inside of you to operate in your life, and it starts to go to work. Uh, if you've got sickness and disease and you get in line with the Word of God, it just goes to work to eat that sickness and disease right out of your life, praise God. But you can't keep going up and down. You can't clear-cut one day and non-clear-cut the other day because the anointing will go, it won't go. It'll go, then it won't go. So it's, we need to come to a place where He establishes us on that word, that clear-cut word that he gave for our lives until it becomes yes and amen in our lives, praise God. That's why the devil comes along and tries to talk you out of everything that God promised you. I'll tell you what, he knows it works. He knows he's got to get you to think the wrong thing. He's got to get you to confess the wrong thing. He cannot let you get in your Bible and find out what belongs to you and confess in line with it because he knows ain't a dang thing he can do. He's helpless, praise God. So he comes, what's he come to do? Try to convince you that what God said, he's lying or it's not true, praise God. All right, go to Mark chapter 11. All right, Mark 11:24. Jesus is speaking. He says, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall. Now, that sounds simple, don't it? But let me tell you, it's not, is it? Notice, therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray. Now, how many of you know whatever you desire needs to be in line with the Word of God? Just can't go making stuff up all right, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them. Now, when do I believe I receive them? When I pray pray, and you shall do what? You shall have them. So whatever I desire in line with the word of God, when I pray, I believe I receive them and I shall have them. Hallelujah. So the question is, did you pray? And you would say yes. Did you receive what you prayed for? Yes. Then do you have them? Yes. Yes and amen. Hallelujah. What are you praying for? I need finances. Did you pray for finances? Yes. Do you believe you received them? Yes. yes. Are they yours for sure? Yes and amen. Praise God. Because that's what the Word of God says. Now, if I prayed for finances and I believed I received them, I'm not going to spend the next two weeks worrying about the money I'm not going to have. That's right. That's, good. that's right. See, you're not yes and amen, you're hope. I hope the prayer that I prayed is working because we may not have the money. Either you got it or you don't, and it's right down here in your spirit. You can't fake this stuff, praise God. You have got to know. In order to do that, how many you know you might have to stay in the promise? Every day, every hour, you've got to stay in that promise. Every contradictory thing that comes against you. No, my needs are met according to his riches and glory. Well, honey, the car broke down. I don't care. God meets my needs according to his riches and glory. And I already prayed, praise God. Don't make any difference. It's already mine. Are you worried about it? Couldn't care less, praise God. God's got it all under control. Glory to God. There ain't going to be a problem for it whatsoever. What I'm doing, I'm keeping that anointing churning. I'm keep, we talked this morning, God's working behind the scenes, not unless... He just doesn't work when you're out there in doubt and unbelief and double-minded and everything else. No, he can't work then. Remember, you're the one in charge here. You're the one he sent here, and he's going to work as long as you're in line with the yes and amen word that he's gave you to release the anointing on the inside of you. God is able to do all things that you ask or think according to the power that works. But if you ain't got no power in you, then it doesn't make any difference. He's not working a whole lot for you. Come on now. And you can't blame God. God, you know I'm going broke and I'm falling apart and my marriage is going everywhere and I just can't believe you don't do anything. Well, believe it because it's not going to work in your life. Are you following me? So I want to stay on the word of God. I want to believe that the money I've already prayed for is there. I want to believe this. I want to believe what the word of God says. What am I doing? So that anointing on the inside of me is always churning. You always want that thing churning, man. I'll tell you, I want to churn. There's one time when uh, I was in a Catholic prayer meeting became one of the leaders of it. One of the main guys ended up in Jacksonville. He had some kind of blood Blood issue or whatever and called me on the phone and said they gave him like a week to live because something got in his blood and they couldn't get it out and blah, blah, blah. And I was down here and I didn't really feel like driving four and a half hours to lay hands on the sick. And so I just told him to grab the phone and he held it up and I just said, Holy Spirit, just heal him so I don't have to drive up there, would you please? And basically he said at that time he saw this bright light come into the room, danced into the room and the light spoke. And the light said, by my stripes, you are healed. And I said, is that what he said? He said, yeah. I said, do you believe that? He said, yeah. I said, well, then get your clothes around, have them run another test, because you're going to be getting out of there probably in a couple hours anyway. How many of you know he, he did that? But, but let me ask you now, he didn't need a light. He didn't need to call me, because the same thing that light said is the same thing I read in my little book right here every single day. Come on now. He's already said by his stripes you were healed. So could you take that yes and amen word and apply it to your own life and get completely healed and completely delivered of what was going on right there? Yes, you can, praise God. It didn't have to happen that way, but it did for him, praise God. He needed that, and thank God it worked. But that don't have to work that way for you. You don't need the light. You don't need the audible voice. You've already got something in front of you called the B-I-B-L-E, praise God. (laughs) Come on, that will work in your life, glory to God. You can take these promises, you start applying them, and you're going to see your whole, whatever your problem is, the whole thing's going to turn around. Because once you get the anointing of God involved in God's power and God's ability, things just start changing, praise God. Your finances will shape up. God told me one time when you stop worrying about finances, you'll stop worrying about finances. I said, God, I guess that makes sense, you know. What, what was he saying? Once you get 100% sure that I'm going to take care of everything, then you won't have to worry anyway because I'm going to take care of everything, praise God. And that's what I did, and I've had worry day about finances since, praise God. Just what to do with it. Come on, where to put it. How to use it. Use it wisely. I mean, we're stewards. Hallelujah. So what are we doing? We're staying on the word of God. So basically, what do we want to do? We want to release that anointing. Yes, I've got the spirit of God in me, but is he dormant or is he operating? Is the anointing active in my life or am I talking myself out of everything I could be getting that God has already promised me in my life? You got to make a confession to get saved. Come on. It just didn't happen. You just say, fall on me, God. No, you had to confess him as Lord when you did that anointing, took care of what needed to be done. Praise God. All right, go to James chapter 2. All right, James chapter 2, look at verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So here he's giving a comparison the body without the spirit, when you leave your body, how many know your body will be dead? Yes. And here it says, faith without corresponding action is basically dead. Yeah. People all the time say, are, are you a believer? Yeah, are you a believer? Yeah, but what do you believe in? Well, you think about it, everybody's a believer. Everybody's believing something. Many people believe in the wrong thing. Well, that don't activate the anointing in your life. So in order to believe, actually, with the anointing working by faith, there must also be corresponding action to what you believe because you believe that's the result. Are you following me? All right, and and believing's different. There's action that's gotta go with believing. You can believe and still not receive because there's an action involved. Let me give you an example. Let's say there's somebody in your neighborhood who's starving and you take supper over to them and they're just about starving to death and you take supper to them and they're so excited and they say, I believe if I eat this meal, I'm gonna live. And they're so excited, they call their sister and says, hey, if I eat this meal, I'm gonna live. And they call their brother and say, if I eat this meal, I'm gonna live. I believe if I eat this meal, I'm gonna live. And they die of starvation. How many know what they were believing was true? But how many know there was no action? See, this is the way it is with most believers. That's right. See, do you believe? Oh, yeah. You believe you're healed? Yes. How's it going? Oh, it's terrible. I've been sick as a dog the last three weeks. And I'll tell you what, dear Lord, I can barely make it. I don't think I'm going to make it another day, but I'm believing God. No, you're not believing God. There's no action with it. You see, there's no corresponding action. There's nothing there that will release the anointing on the inside of you from it working in your life. So you can believe, but believing is action. Believing and acting equals faith. Faith. There's got to be action that way. The things that you're worrying about right now, you do not really believe. That's right, wow. See, worry an indicator for you. If you're worried about this, it doesn't mean you believe yet. You're not believing what God said in that situation, praise God. If you're still dealing with sin consciousness and that stuff, you don't believe you're the righteousness of God in Christ yet. But you are the righteousness of God in Christ. And when you believe that, you no longer go before God in condemnation and and guilt and all that stuff because he's made you the righteousness of God in Christ by the blood of the Lamb. So I'm going to go to him boldly. I'm going to go to God and say, hey, what's going on here? And talk to God just like he's God. Oh, thou is farther in heaven. Thou is deepest. We lovest thou with all our... Oh, why not just walk in and say, hey, here's the deal, man. What's going on? I'm having a little problem in this area. I know there's a word that covers it. I know I got the anointing. Would you show me the word and where I'm messing up to do this stuff? And he will point you to it by the Spirit of God and say, here, here's where you're at. You keep going back and forth. And this is what it will be every time, back and forth. See? It's easier to hold your confession in church. See, around church people. Yes, amen. blessed, blessed. Blessed. Then you get in your workplace with a bunch of people who don't even know blessed from non-blessed. They don't know God from a horse. And you walk around saying you're blessed and everybody's going to make fun of you. So you just say, all right, things are gone okay. They were going better yesterday. See, you can't do that. It's the clear-cut yes and amen word that causes that anointing on the inside of you to go to work and start chewing things. It'll chew debt right out of your life you get over to the place where you believe that God's going to supply every need of yours. Praise God. And not only that, there's even abundance in the book for you, praise God. All right, go Malachi chapter 3. We'll give Patrick a head start here. Okay, Malachi chapter 3, Malachi, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Malachi 3, look at verse 10. It says, Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough for you to even receive it. Now, is this the word of God? Is this a promise of God? Is this a yes or no promise? It's a yes and amen, isn't it? God says, here's the deal. You bring your tithes into the storehouse and guess what's gonna happen? You're gonna have so much and I'm gonna open the windows of heaven that you won't even be able to contain it, praise God and you got believers all over the place walking around, Christians saying, I ain't got no money, I ain't got no money. Pastor, counsel me in finances, and they'll walk in the door up there, and I'll say, are you tithing? What does that have to do with it? Uh (laughs) (laughs) It has to do with your pocketbook right now because it's a conditional promise there. If it's a yes and amen, then you have to bring your tithes into the storehouse. Then he opens the window of heaven. It's not the other way. Well, if he'd open the windows, I'd tithe. If you can't tithe with $10, you'll never tithe with $100,000. See? All at once, you'd be blessed to have hundred grand. you have got to write that check out for $10,000. My God, you have to have somebody help you. And then the devil will come in. Don't give that stupid preacher $10,000. He'll just buy another shirt. So notice, it's conditional, isn't it? There's a believing thing there. If I really believe that, then I'm going to do what the Bible tells me to do. And as I obey the Word of God and act on the Word of God, then it releases the anointing on the inside of you, and it shows you different ways, different businesses to get in, different ways to invest your money, different ways to do this, different ways to do that. And once again, don't try to tell the anointing how to do it. People, people tithe, and they think this dog's going to come by with a bag full of money and drop it off on their front porch and going to take care of everything. It's not that way. The anointing knows what it's doing, but you've got to give it an opportunity to operate in your life, in finances and everything else. And it works its way through the whole Bible. I mean, look at Noah. God came to Noah, said, "There's going to be a flood. It hadn't even rained. There's going to be a flood. You need to build an ark. And how many know, bless God, Noah said, okay, and he started working on an ark. Wasn't a drop of rain coming down, sunny, beautiful day. People walking by saying, what are you doing? Build an ark. Why? A flood's coming. They said, oh, sure. Yeah, flood coming. Yeah. And I mean, it took him, you read it, it took him a long time to build that ark. He was getting ridiculed every single day when he was there. And was he saying? It's going to rain. Why is that? God gave me a yes and amen word, praise God. It ain't going to rain. Oh, no. He gave me a yes and amen and it is going to rain. Now, how many of you know he could have said, well, I don't think it's going to rain either so I'll just wait and see what happens. And the rain started coming down and all at once it quickly became a yes and amen word for him. (laughs) And he started pounding nails like you've never seen before, praise God. See, but he knew it was a yes and amen word. So what did he do? He believed and he acted. He started building the ark. Why? There's a flood coming, praise God. There's a flood coming. And what happened? The flood came, praise God. And he and his family got saved. You go through the Bible, you see Joshua. Here's poor Joshua. He comes to a city. And basically, God says, I have given you the city. Notice, God never says, I will give you. God always says, I have given you. Why? Because it's a clear-cut word. He never says, I will heal you. He says, I've already healed you. Amen. See, past tense. So he said, I have given you the city. And he said, "Woohoo!" what do I have to do? Prance around it seven times and then scream and shout, blow everything. He said, please? Yeah, that's what he had to do. Notice there was action to it. How many of you know if he wouldn't went around that city, he'd have never got the city. And as he was going around that city, how many of you know people inside were laughing their hind ends off at him? Here they come again. Fifth time these clowns came around the city. Here they come again. Look at them. Here they come. But I'll tell you what, when he followed the word in blue, the anointing of God knocked them walls down just like that, praise God. And everybody in there was taken. Why is that? Because he took the yes and amen word. He acted on that yes and amen word. And when he did, the anointing of God was strong enough to perform any miracle. Here, here's how you get in the supernatural. Here's how you walk above the natural realm. Here's where you, go, you get things beyond your mind. See, things happen that your mind can't line up. Like Ted always says, it'll boggle your mind if you ain't careful. <laughs> Why is that? Because it goes beyond your natural ability. We're so dependent on a natural ability that can't help us anyway, and we keep doing it, but it doesn't help you anyway. It's God's supernatural ability that takes you beyond your ability, praise God. When God told me to preach, how many of you know I had to believe that is a clear-cut word, and I had to start acting on it? Did I want to? No. In high school, I took speech class. Went the first day. They said, you've got to have a speech ready by tomorrow. I said, I quit. <laughs> Took typing. That was really beneficial. <laughs> Dear Lord. Why was that? Because I was afraid to stand up in front of people. But sooner or later, you've got to do what God tells you to do, and that releases the anointing on the inside of you. And what you thought was impossible and difficult for you, the anointing makes easy for you to do because you start to flow in that anointing that's in your life. Are you following me? Praise, Praise God. The Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they'll... Now, is that a clear-cut word or what? Is it? But we don't take it as a clear-cut word. People say, well, this person gets everybody healed. Yeah, you know why? Because they lay hands. I never got anybody healed. Did you ever lay hands? No. Why? Well, wonder why. Let's get deep now and really pray through this. See, when you follow what it tells you to do and you just do it, it'll work in your life, praise God, because that's what releases the anointing on the inside of you to do it. Go to Matthew chapter 5. This is the way the anointing goes to work in your life. This is the way things start to turn around. This is the way you get into God's economy, into God's healing, into God's stuff. All right, Matthew chapter 5. Look at verse 44. Jesus says, "But I say unto you, you want the anointing to work in your life. Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you." I mean, no, that's pretty clear cut. <laughs> Nobody beating around the bush there, is there? So, what am I going to have to do? I'm going to have to love my enemies. Do good to those who hate me. How many know you're going to be doing a lot of good? (laughs) Because the more you operate in the things of God, the more people don't seem to like you quite that well anymore, praise God. But all these things are in there. These are sure promises, yes and amen words to you. And when you put them in operation in your life, basically it allows that anointing. And if you'll just agree with God, that I'm going to love my enemies. I'm going to love my enemies. What are you going to do with your enemies? I'm going to love my enemies. If you stay there, the anointing will give you the ability to love your enemies. You don't have that ability in the natural realm. What do you think your enemies? I hate every one of them. But I'm going to try to love them. Good luck. Put that firearm up. Praise God. Hallelujah. See, why is that? Because you're not in line, see? You've almost got to agree with this stuff so the anointing go to work so you can do this stuff and you can do it. And you come to a place where I'm not going to get offended anymore. In the ministry, I'm not getting offended anymore. I'm not walking in unforgiveness anymore. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not walking, I'm not walking. And here comes a chance to get offended. And I had to make the decision. But thank God I I had it enough in me that the anointing would go to work and it would take care of that in my life. And I didn't have to stab back. I didn't have to punch back. I didn't have to. Hallelujah. And then I had to slowly teach my wife that also. Hallelujah. And let me tell you why. If you're going to attack an anointed leader in the church, don't be afraid of them. You better be afraid of their wife. I'm telling you right now. You're okay with me, but you better watch out, man. See, because they're very very protective, man. And they're they're right there by your side. And they know what's going on. And they can say things to me that didn't even irritate me. But, boy, she heard them. I mean it. Hallelujah. And that's what makes a good wife. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. (laughs) All right, go to 2 Kings. We can't let out the Old Testament. 2 Kings chapter 5. People say, do you have a bouncer in your church? No, i got a wife. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 2 Kings chapter 5, look at verse 1. And Nahum, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master, and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel, a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, would God, my Lord, were the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him from his leprosy. So here's an opportunity. This little maid says, why don't you go to the prophet and he will take care of your leprosy problem. All right, look at verse 8. And it was so when Elijah, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, and he sent the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent his clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naam came with him, and his horses, and his chariots, and stood by the door of the house of Elijah. And Elijah sent out a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee clean. Now, how many of those? That's not too hard to do. Go wash seven times. You're going to be okay with leprosy. Everything's going to be fine. All right, look at verse 11. But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord and strike his hand over this place and recover. Now, what happened? He goes and he's expecting this guy to come out and honor him and do whatever. And instead, he sent a messenger. Can you imagine that? (laughs) Pastor Tom, I called and asked you to come pray for me, and you sent one of your people. Sent one of your messengers. (laughs) Couldn't you come yourself? (laughs) But all he did was told him what to do. So notice this guy was mad. He was upset. He had the answer to his leprosy, and he was mad. So he says, I ain't going to go. So the little lady says that he had in there said, well, you might as well go. It ain't going to hurt nothing. He says, well, the water's a lot better where I'm at now. Why should I go dip there? And he said, well, go do something. So he went. Now, how many of you didn't, didn't go say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, I'm going to dip and get. Praise God, I'm going to get free. No, he went. He was mad. He was grumbling. He had a bad attitude. He was complaining. He was whining. He was moaning. But he got there and dipped seven times. Guess what happened? Now, notice, this shows you that if you simply Hook up the anointing with the yes and amen word. It'll override your bad attitude even. See, there's people when I, I call up front here and I say, I want to pray for people and i pull somebody out of the crowd and they'll go, I ain't going to get a thing. But how many know they obeyed me? And you lay hands on them and they fly back six feet and say, whoa, what happened? I didn't think anything was going to happen. Yeah, but you obeyed. Amen. See, just following that thing allows the anointing to work in your right, allows me to do it. So basically things didn't go. Once again, he had an opinion of how the anointing was going to take care of his problem. And if that ain't the way it was going to happen, if he wasn't going to come down and honor the king, if he wasn't going to come down and say, now we're going to pray for king so-and-so, if he sent a messenger, didn't even come down himself, didn't even waste his own time, this is ridiculous, I'm not going to get it. But he did get healed, praise God. Hallelujah. He got delivered. Why is that? Because the anointed word of God works, praise God, as long as you put the yes and amen and keep in the yes and amen. All right, go to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, look at verse 1, and it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. And when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch now how many know that's a clear-cut word yes. how many know that's a yes and amen word came right from jesus verse 5 and simon answering said unto him master we have toiled all night we've caught absolutely nothing but at that word, at your word i will let down the nets and when he had done this they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners which were in the other ship and they should come and help them and they came and filled both ships that began to sink and when Simon Peter saw this he fell down at Jesus' knees say knees he could only get to his knees the boat was full of fish saying depart from me for I am a sinful man now notice here we go they're fishing all night long they have did everything they could they can't catch anything so they're washing their nets and all along this time this preacher comes preacher probably never fished a day in his life comes along there and says hey let down your nets for a catch. And notice what he says. Well, we ain't caught anything. I hope you know that. But I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to let down the net. Look at it. Net. Say net. Net, net for a catch. In other words, we ain't going to catch nothing, and I ain't washing both nets. I already got two of washed. I'm going to use one just to make you happy and put it down there. And I'm going to keep the other one up here, and I won't have to wash it again because I don't want to wash both nets. So what happened? He caught two net loads of fish in one net. Almost lost his boat. Lost his boat in the middle of the blessing. Think about that. How did you lose your fishing company? Caught too many fish. Doesn't even make sense. But he, he went through the actions anyway. His attitude was bad. He didn't even do completely what he had said, but he ended up with a multitude of fish at that time, so many that they had to have his friend come out and take care and help him at that time almost lost everything but notice what he did he had one clear-cut word and he did sort of obey it see if you just sort of start to obey the clear-cut word you'll start to see stuff happen in your life that'll make you want to trust him more and more and more and more because the word he gives you is something that will be need to be trusted by you because many times what he tells you to do is beyond this beyond there takes you beyond there doesn't make sense anymore you know you can see some of the preachers who operate in the power of God. Benny Hinn used to throw his coat at people. Why did he do that? Well, I don't know why he does that. He throws his coat at people because God spoke to him and told him to throw his coat at people and he got results for throwing. I mean, Smith Wigglesworth used to punch people in the stomach. I mean, you know, you better know you got a clear cut word or whoever you hit may hit you back. See, all these things are beyond. It's God may tell you to give the rest of your money that you got. Yeah. Now, I'm not telling you he did. I'm telling you it can happen. He'll tell you what to do, and then you're going to have to go beyond your mind, know it was a clear-cut word from God, and go ahead and sow that, and what does it do? Allows that anointing once again. Allows that anointing to go on the inside of you. This anointing in you can do anything. I can do all things in... Well, who's Christ? The anointing all things in the anointing that's on the inside of you and everything. So as I come into agreement with, for my finances, I come into agreement for my health, I come into agreement for my marriage, I come into agreement for my relationships, I come into agreement for everything in my life, that anointing goes to work in each one of those areas of your life and improves your marriage, improves your finances, improves your power, improves your joy, improves your peace. You got any joy? I ain't got an ounce. So what happens when something good the natural happens? They get happy. And when something not good... It gets sad. But you can have joy all the time because it's a supernatural joy on the inside of you that's independent of what's happening in the natural realm. It's on the inside of you. How about you're saved? That ought to be enough joy for a little while. See, and the Spirit of God's on the inside of us. All right, one more. Go to James chapter one. You have to find the promises clear cut in the Bible and put them to work. That's why it's so important for you to read the Word and stay in the Word every single day. All right, James chapter 1, look at verse 22. It says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in a mirror." For he beholds himself, goes his way, and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. But whosoever looks in the perfect law of liberty, and continues therein, and continues therein, and continues therein, and continues therein, he be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed." Hallelujah. What's it telling you? First of all, you're going to have to stay in that promise. Because when you start doing this, there's going to be things that come against your life that don't line up with that promise, and you're going to have a decision to make. When I first understood this, for a long time, I'll tell you what, I was an excellent hearer of the word. I had every tape. I had everything. I could quote tapes. I had them lined up. I was listening to them every day. I knew everything about the Bible. I knew where everything was. But then I found out one day that I wasn't doing. I was saying, why doesn't it work? And then you start to think that God's word don't work, and you find out that you're not doing what the word tells you to do basically so once you start doing what it tells you to do it's one thing to read it it's one thing to have a bunch of books it's one thing to quote it it's another thing to do what it actually tells you to do when it says forgive others not easy but it's got to be done see financially when it tells you to tithe you got to tithe when it tells you to do all these things that's how you become prosperous in the things of God and you don't even know how do you get there years later You just know, I started obeying God 10 years ago, and now I went from here to here. I don't know how I got from here to here. I just obeyed God, and all at once, I'm here. Praise God. Because it's a supernatural thing that happens in your life, and it's all by that anointing that you already have on the inside of you. So don't cut yourself off through natural things of the anointing that's on the inside of you, because there's victory in every area. You got a problem? Find the answer in the Word. Start quoting the word and let that anointing chew it up. Let that anointing take it. For God's sakes, don't you try to take care of it. Because then you'll need two or three words. See, you just make a bigger mess before it's over with. You don't do that. Find the promise. Get on the promise. Stay on the promise. Clear-cut word. Stay in line with it. When you step out, repent and step back in immediately. Because it's going to happen. You're going to step out every now and then. So you've got to pull yourself right back. In. Oh, that was stupid. Now you get, Lord, forgive me for that. I'm going right back over here where I belong. And that anointing keeps going. It keeps going. It keeps working in your life. There's no reason in three months from right now you can't all be rich. Tot- totally healed. Totally blessed. Full of joy. Hallelujah. All you've got to do is get on the promise. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, jump up this morning. Do da do da do da do da do da do da do 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 do, do. Don't forget Wednesday night would be a good start as he gives you scriptures on blessings financially. The more you hear, the more get in your spirit, the more get in your spirit, the more come out your mouth, the more come out your mouth, the more the anointing's gonna be released in that area of your life. Praise God. For those of you who are filthy rich, just come anywhere. He'll show you how to do them finances that you have. He'll help you to know where to put them and what to do with them. Praise God again. Hallelujah. Right. Glory to God. All right. See, I'm a new creation. A new creation. Old things old thing. passed, away. passed away. All things, All things, things. Have, become new. have become new. My old way, My old way of operation, of operation has, passed away. has passed away. I no longer I live, no longer. live. live. By, what I see. by what I see, by what I feel, by the natural. By the natural. I decide decide to live by by. the The clear-cut yes and amen amen. word of God. God. The word says I'm healed. healed. Yes and amen. amen. The word word says I'm blessed. blessed. Yes and amen. amen. The word says I'm anointed. Yes and amen. The word says that I lay hands on the sick and they recover. Yes and amen. The word says... I can cast out the devil, in, out the devil. In, Jesus name. in Jesus name yes, yes. And, amen. and amen I receive, I receive all, the all the promises in the Bible, in the Bible, that, Bible. God that God has provided for me I solidify them I, solidify I solid them, I, solid them. I, solid I make them solid in my heart in my, in, mind. in my mind and when I step out I step I'll out, repent I'll and repent. step right back in right back because back I want the anointing want that God has given me God to be continually active in every area of my life from this day forward in Jesus' name. All right, praise God.